Welcome to the Replenish Me Show, where we have dynamic guests so, who help you to be inspired and be replenished. Good evening. My name is Cordelia Gaffar, and I'm your hostess. I help women to be inspired and to create time and space so that they make energy-rich choices and have healthy boundaries with their passion through my one-on-one -on -one coaching and group programs that are ongoing throughout the year i create a non-judgmental safe space for women to connect and co-create and discover themselves welcome to season two of the replenish me show and now for tonight's show So. Good evening and welcome to the Replenish Me show. I'm so excited to have, I guess, one of my favorite guests. She had me on her, um, her own radio show for the past two years. So today we have Dr. Ferriol de Jong. She completed her Bachelor of Science in Complementary Health Science in 2008, followed by a degree in Unani Tib, which is the Greek Arab medicine, and we'll talk a lot about that today. And the first three and a half years of her career, she spent in Ibn Sina Institute of Tib, working at the uh, two local Cape Town clinics, as well as acquiring extra learning while working with the GF Duster Hospital um, for one of those years. She has since uh, graduated since graduating, she's added onto her skills um, as she saw her patients needed. Um, she's gotten certificates in facial analysis and tissue salt grading and Afia energy healing and various emotional well-being and mind-body connection workshops. She's also furthered her knowledge and skills in herbal medicine, compounding a skill she's yet to further put into her practice. As um, as a natural love to her since childhood and speaking, she, she loves to practice part-time facilitation at the University of Western Cape. And um, she also has her HealthWise radio show on Radio 786, uh, for which I've been a guest um, the past two years during Ramadan. So I am pleased to welcome Dr. De Jong to the Replenish Me show. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Kadira. I'm so happy to be here. I must tell you though that I've um, I've actually dropped the the doctor and I've dropped the young and I've and I've been going just as studio. <laughs> so Alhamdulillah, I'm so so happy to be um, with you to be and also you know what I, I must tell you, tell you viewers also it's this is actually my first international um, interview that I'm having. And I'm parked out at the Durango Road Mosque in um, in Cape Town. And I think just, just before when I connected with you, I said I just described what an absolutely beautiful scene it is. And, and to just be in um, in this uh, the precincts of the mosque, it's actually in the, the grounds of the mosque. It's spring in Cape Town. I believe you guys are in autumn. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're in autumn. Yeah. So it, it's spring. And I, I'm hoping that you can actually hear a few birds chirping in the in the background. So I think I found a good spot, Alhamdulillah. I'm looking forward to be having this chat with you. Alhamdulillah. 
Yeah, it's an honor to have you um, to, to, to uh, facilitate your first international interview um, as you did the same for me two years ago. So um, I really appreciate this. I, I really want to just dive deep into where um, your interest in this field came from, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, naturally healing. I think... Um, Something that I do, so I, I do this part-time facilitation at the university, and um, the, the faculty that I am based in is actually not on the main campus. They moved off campus last year. Mm. So I don't really have an office on campus because I'm, I'm part-time, and I get to sit in the coffee shops like the students do. And um, so often I, I, I'm such a people watcher, Kililia. <laughs> so I would be improvement and stuff. And, and so often when I'd um, sit amongst the students and we, we would chat and I'd ask the students, so what do you think I studied? Uh, or what do you think I am studying? You know? And they say, they, they'd come up with all, I've got an accountant, that was like a first. I was an accountant. Um, I always get teacher. I always get psychologist, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when, but the funny thing is, when I was at school, and when I was in campus, many people thought that I actually studied law because many of my my close friends were um, were studying law because of the involvement that I had with the MSA, the Muslim Student Association, and then also being on um, on the SOC of the university. But nonetheless, the one thing that that I offer is that I. I actually appreciate, alhamdulillah, is when students guess that I'm a teacher, because from very young, I actually always wanted to teach, um, and I've always had a, a yearning for, to learn, you know, um, I've, I've always wanted to know the deeper bits. I found that when I was teaching, uh, or at least when I started uh, practicing as a United practitioner in 2011, I found that I always felt that there were certain things missing or I wanted to know more. And the more that I wanted to know more, the more, alhamdulillah, I've been so privileged and so blessed to actually go out and acquire these various skills, et cetera, et cetera, you know, to just actually, um, yeah, to know more. But your question, where did it all start? So I'm the youngest of six children. And um, my, my mother is, alhamdulillah, she's 75 years old. And I remember she having a book called Buddha Rata. Now, Cordelia, you over there in, in West Virginia, West, West Virginia. I'm in Cape Town, South Africa. A Buddha Rata is like, a, it's, a, it's a book of remedies, basically. You know? Mm -hmm. and, um, and I remember my mother having this, this book of, of Buddha Rata. And she would often, I'd see the book around. Um, she would often speak about certain things that she would do as... Um, as, and this is the way I saw it as a child, actually. I saw my mother as a nurse without papers, you know, and I'm, I'm we're going back into the time of apartheid, basically, where my mother worked with her late aunt, who was a matron of, an, of a convalescent home. My mother would know how to do all of these things, like just miraculously, you know, she'd know how to teach certain things where um, it, would just, it, would, it would just be mind-boggling. So I think I, I, was, I was somewhat, not trained, but I was somewhat, I, I latched onto that thing of, of caring, of, of um, wanting to help people, of wanting to heal, of, you know, that type of thing. And then I think for myself as well, I've also been quite a, a, um, a sick child. 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I was in an ashram. I think I spent a lot of time at the children's hospital. Um, then through my teenage years, um, this goes into a whole new chapter with the polycystic ovarian syndrome and then um, learning a new hobby of or at least wanting to, to run and joining a running club and only to have to, something that many people actually don't know, um, having to stop running because my heart condition started again. So mm. I've had quite a few health challenges over the years, but again, it's, it's always been a time for me to do introspection and see where is this coming from? Um, why am I having it? Why is Allah allowing or giving, gifting this to me? Um, what's the deeper meaning in it? So it's really been, it's, it's been a really, really personal journey. Um, but I, if I can sum it up, it's really been a journey of, of learning, um, of, I hope, healing. And for me now, it is just wanting to give hope to others and wanting to see and bring back that, that hadith, make that hadith a real thing. We Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that for every malady, there is a remedy. So for every ailment, ailment or, or issue that you have, there definitely is a um, a healing for that. Yeah. Yeah. I you know what I'm I'm hearing you say that it although it started out as something that was very personal, just through conversation and um, your facilitation at the university, um, it just became something so much more than that. Um, yeah. So, so my journey started, um, and then yeah, I'm talking about my formal journey, mm-hmm. right? But if I really think of it, I think it was about 16 um, at high school. And, you know, we used to have these oral presentations where we could bring like a show and tell type of thing. Right, yeah. You know? And I think it was for, for an English project. That I'm, I'm not certain for what it was, but um, there was a book in our home. I think my sister-in-law had a book of someone, a friend of hers, um, speaking about homeopathy okay. and what attracted me as strange as it sounds <laughs> what really attracted me to this to this book was these bottles of different shapes and colors glass bottles and I've always liked little cute things like, like that but when I opened up the book I was exposed to this whole new world of, of healing it was a new world, but it was also very, it was also very common to me, as I mentioned to you with my mommy and all of her things that, that she, little remedies and stuff that she would be able to do. Right. And, um, so I, I remember doing the, my presentation on homeopathy and what homeopathy is, and being open to the idea that I wanted to do natural medicine. And um, I remember being, actually being marked at, at school, uh, for for wanting to be a sangoma, right? And and when you say sangoma, it is um this is not me mocking actually. I'm I'm saying what it what was what people's perception of it was. It's like a, a traditional healer. I mean in South Africa sangomas are, are many are actually respected people in our in our communities and we open to different cultures and different ways of, of doing things, you know? Right. And um and I think at, at that time, and I'm, I'm going back to like 2000, 19, 1999, 2000 or so, natural mm. medicine wasn't that much known in Cape Town um, mm. in the way, in the structured way that it, that it is now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's understandable that, that people just didn't have an understanding of what it was. But in 2005, I started my formal things, my formal career in um, in uh, natural medicine, where I studied that with the Bachelor of Science in Community uh, Complementary Healing uh, Health Sciences, mm-hmm. and then graduated, and I did my other degree in in Yunani term. Mm-hmm. So in these years this is when i when we were trained basically as clinicians so we got to do our regimental therapies and the massage and as i said all those the pretty nice smelling things but it was also <laughs> very clinical based you know and and um i had a little joke actually uh, cordelia i remember in uh in my final year 2010 where i used to joke and i said i always had a, a passion for working with females with fertility issues and i used to say you know what I don't really want to work with sick people. This was a joke. Okay? This is, I used to say that I, I don't want to work with sick people. I want to see that people get pregnant, keep them smiling, and then walk away. Okay, <laughs> but but the meaning, the real meaning behind that was that um, I think at the time having a fear of can I do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know that those that self doubt things that uh, thoughts that comes into one's mind. Yeah, yeah the, I I had many of those, and in fact I I always remember and this is something that I, I I remember and I tell my students this as well, that we can't plan certain things. You know there there are certain we can explain to a certain extent. We know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the of, of is the the ultimate uh, planner, but also life itself in the way that life unfolds gives us the guide as to which way to go, you know? So, so we need, just need to be present and see what's happening around us. How do we respond to this? But also, how do we co-create what we are happening, what, what's happening? Right. Always, again, obviously, under, um, by seeking counsel and by asking for divine guidance, you know? So I, I actually remember, uh, Fidelia, the day before my very first day of, of working, and this is my, when I say working, I'm actually meaning my um, my first job since graduating. I remember sitting on this little white wooden box behind my mother's door. My brother was in the room, she was in the room, and I cried. I said, tomorrow I need to go out and see patients. Um, what if I make a mistake? What if I misdiagnose someone? So this was me at the age of 25, um, starting my first day at work. But now, something that I didn't mention was just the day before, or two days before that, my mother had to be flown home by an emergency, basically, where we suspected that something was not right. And long story short, basically, the day I, I had my first day at work was my first day at work. And that first day, I actually had to put in leave because I needed to accompany my mother for her results to right. hospital. And that day, she was actually diagnosed with uterine cancer. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting that day and thinking to myself, yeah, okay, so this is where we're at now. <laughs> where to from here? <laughs> Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden, all of a sudden from being the youngest of six children, I was now the youngest, but I was the one trained in the medical sciences. Mm-hmm. So, 
and so automatically I felt that oh okay so so the responsibility comes in now now we need to you know but as we go along and, and I, I'm I'm specifically saying things Cordelia in the way that I thought of them then mm-hmm. um, you know Alhamdulillah, I, I feel that with every year that passes, we tend to learn differently, if we have different experiences. And I think if I was faced with the decision now, or if I was faced with that situation now as, as then, I would have seen things very differently. Yeah. Because at that time, it was very much, what are you going to do? You know, what yeah. you, you know that, that type of thing. We as there are other things, I mean, there's other values, there's, there's trust, there's looking at, at family, at the broader family, and I mean, and I, I be in mind also, Cordelia, this is not, this is nobody putting any responsibility on me. Right. This is you me just me chose it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, over and, but over and above that, I, I think also, and again, it comes back that, um, that remembrance that we are never alone, that nothing happens in isolation of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets happen. You know, and so, so I think if, if anything over the years, it's, it's that. It's knowing that we are never alone, that we are always in Allah's presence, that um, whatever happens, we are able to have deal because we do have the tools. We just need to, sometimes we need to dig deep and we need to know how to deal with it, but we can deal with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So in the end um you know and and i just want to take one split second to um to talk a little bit about uh where unani unani tib comes into this like did you were you able to use any of the things that you know to help your mother or um you were at that time you were too scared to even try no 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 alhamdulillah and at that time, um, I actually, and we, surprisingly, we actually spoke about this just last night because, you know, and, and I see this with, with my own clients, the people that I, that I consult with now, um, it's so important to have, one, open communication with your allopathic doctors, so your oncologist and so on. Absolutely important to have, keep the communication lines open. And then two, try to get the best of both worlds. And and to something like like cancer, for instance, I absolutely believe that there's a place for both of them. And so my mother was one of those cases cases we we needed to she needed to have surgery. Okay, so so she had the surgery, and then through doing certain things from the from the teachings of of Unanitib. Now, I think if I could maybe just explain what Unanitib is, it's it's Greek out of medicine, and so it takes on the teachings from Hippocrates and even Sina and Galen and all of these things. And so one of the things that I that I speak about a lot is is temperaments, and uh, temperaments is is really the the body's overall constitution, the constitutional makeup. But it also takes into consideration the personality and the, the, the makeup of the person as a whole being, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even as well. And so this is really the approach that we needed to deal with my mother. And one of the examples, for instance, my mother, she's a, a phlegmatic sanguinous person. Okay. And if you, if you break down phlegmatic sanguinous, um, she's an overcarer. She's a warrior to, to an extent. You know, and um, 
and I say an extent, and I can see I can almost hear people saying to a large extent, <laughs> you know. But I mean, these are all the things to to see one's being as as a whole being, yes. and then when approaching it, we approaching it from that ish from that uh, uh, that angle, we were then able to basically combine the allopathic treatments. But then I would also go with my juices, for instance. Like my mother had, she obviously when you when you when you have an operation, you lose quite a bit of blood. Um, and a simple juice, for instance, that we that we um, that I would make is the ABC juice. So ABC, apple, beetroot, and carrot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd so I make up the juice, and this would then just nourish her body, flush out the liver, and nourish her in the way that she needed to be nourished. Um, another thing that I that we incorporated was the use of tissue salts um, or mineral salts. Again, absolutely love that. Um, and this was again just to support the body in the state that we are in, because you know, as 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 human beings, Cordelia, uh, I personally believe that whichever state you are in, support the body, support yourself in order for it to heal itself. You know, because Alhamdulillah, our bodies have been created in such a magnificent magnificent way. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created our bodies with this program already to be healed, to be whole, you know. And so what we do as practitioners, as uh, doctors, as oncologists, as whatever, it, it, it needs to just support that system, the body's ability to, to heal itself and return itself into um, that natural state that it's, that it's being created to be. I love that, that you're saying that our body, well, first of all, a couple of things. Unani Tib recognizes that all different body types, you know, we all have different type of constitution. And then secondly, you were saying how we already have within our individual constitutions what we need to heal ourselves, you know, and, yeah. and making sure that we have that conversation. Because, you know, there are some people that are like completely alternative medicine and then there are some people that are completely allopathic but when we can have you know the the perfect combination and um conversation between the two we all win so um thank you for taking us into your journey and and how it brought you to where you are today so when we come back we'll get a little bit more into some more of your recipes (laughs) inshallah inshallah Welcome to Life Coach Radio Network. On Life Coach Radio Network, we have many shows such as Undivided with Frank Maduri and Money Matters. Every week, tune in live on Wednesday, the first and third Wednesday of the month to enjoy Undivided with Frank Maduri. He has very interesting topics and many things to share. And of course, on the second and fourth Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, enjoy the Replenish Me show. Thank you for listening to Life Coach Radio Network. All right, so we're back and um, we're going to dive a little bit more into what are some recipes that we can use. So like you mentioned, right now in South Africa, you're in the spring and here in the States, yeah. we're in uh, the fall. 
but still in yeah. both cases, a lot of people have allergies this time of year. So what is something we can do to help and build up our bodies? Yeah. You know, you, you're talking about allergies and we mentioned about you now. One of the, one of the biggest remedies and biggest sooner remedies as well is the black seed. Yeah, so so many people, I know it's, it's a, it is a very well-known um, remedy, and I think many people are learning about it now as well. I think incorporating the black seed into, into one's diet, whether you are having it as a medicine as such, or whether you're just including it into your salads or including it into your food, I think that's, it's an excellent way of, um, of protecting yourself against allergies and all of those little niggles and really at the, we call it the, the change of seasons. Mm -hmm. So you being in, in autumn, I absolutely love autumn, the cool weather. Um, we are in spring at the moment. And um, with, with spring, as you said, it often comes in the allergies. So we're talking about hay fever. We're thinking about um, eczema flaring up, mm -hmm. um, psoriasis to an extent if there are other complications and so on as well. Um, so it's it's really it, it it can be an uncomfortable time, but it, it is manageable. So some of the of the of the remedies, for instance, as I mentioned with the with the black seed, and maybe I can mention how you can use it. Okay. Um, you know, so a, a friend of mine actually recently said that she had run out of her medication that she was using for eczema, and she's got um, atopic uh, dermatitis as well, and uh, a whole range of of allergies. And so what she actually did was. She took a bit of the, of the pure black seed oil and she rubbed it onto her skin. And she realized that it, it not only did it soothe it for them, but she was out of her medication, her medicated ointments. So she continued doing that for the rest of the week and she saw a, a, a great difference. So you can actually take the, the pure oil, apply it to your skin cream, um, or you can use it internally. Now, generally, when you use it internally, we need tend to look at um, conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, um, and other medication that you're on as well, because black seed in large doses can be hypoglycemic, so it can drop your sugar a little bit. Um, it can also drop your blood pressure if you're using it in, in, um, in big doses. The, the safest rule of thumb is to use things as a food, you know? Um, and then, and I think something that I should maybe mention also, I know that many people uh, tend to use the black seeds whole. It's best to actually crush the seeds um, because remember the seed is a, is a shell, but you want the oil from that. So crush it a little bit and you'll get better, better benefit from it um, if you're not using the, the oil itself. The other example, the other um, uh, remedy that I could make or advice that I can also give, seeing that you in autumn or in spring, is to actually eat the fruits and vegetables in season. Now, this was, this was prophetic advice. Yeah, of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu he gave this advice to eat the food that is in season because foods that are growing in season are the foods that are most nourishing to you in that season. So for instance, we're looking at, um, you are in, in, in autumn, we're looking at oranges, burnt orange, and um, and maybe green, your olive greens and so on. And here we think of olive oil. Um, that is great healing in olive oil. There is larches, there's oranges. Um, I think you, you might be calling it something else like clementines or clementines in yeah, um, clementines. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so we call it oranges and, and not, but we get clementines in India as well. Um, but those orange type of foods, we're thinking of pumpkin, um, butternut, you know, all of those really nourishing type of orange foods. And these are the foods that you would normally notice is good for, um, to prevent colds and, um, and, your, and your allergies and so on. You know, um, another remedy, for instance, that you could mention is garlic. Having a clove of garlic and honey um, with, uh, and if you can maybe just crush one, depending on how big your clove is, the uh, one or two cloves of garlic, crush it, and have, add a little bit of raw honey on that. Um, have it in the morning on an empty stomach and just um, wash it down with a bit of, of lukewarm water. Um, if you want, you can even have a little bit of, of uh, Bulgarian yogurt. I wouldn't really suggest that, but I think the lukewarm water should be should be okay okay um and this also helps with with allergies it helps to prevent uh, and to keep the immune system nice and strong um another remedy that you that you might also want to look at is echinacea you know echinacea you know when you can use this in a tincture form in a um in a tablet itself and and even dandelion you know just uh, just recently actually on facebook Cornelia, i was seeing i've seen so many posts on on dandelion because dandelions actually grows as a weed, you know, and, and it's only been recent times that we've been removing dandelions from the ground, but before it was used as a medicine and in today, in fact, as we speak, dandelion is one of the, it's one of the herbs that I'm using personally, okay. um, because it, it, it clean, it's, it's uh, really protective for, for one's liver, um, again, for allergies and immune system and so on, so it's a it's a good um, remedy, a good herb to be using. I um, you know, it's funny. Black seed is something. When did I started using that? Probably a, a good fifteen years ago, because one of my kids, like you were telling the the story, had um, issues with uh, eczema. Um, so we start. We were using the oil in that case externally. Um, but the seeds, we were not crushing them. And you're right. Um, when, when I was listening to you say that we should crush them, yeah. it made me remember like flaxseed, they recommend that you crush it. In fact, the only yeah. seed that we're able to take whole um, is the chia seed, uh, it, it appears. And even with that, yeah. when you're taking it whole, you have to first soak it in order to take yeah. it whole. So you're, you're yeah. yeah, this is super important. Yeah, you know, Karina, uh, I was just something that I was reminded of now also, especially with skin conditions like eczema and so on, is hydration. Mm. You know, many, many of us are, are dehydrated on a cellular level. Now, you might ask, what does that mean? You know, because I'm drinking lots of water and all of that. How can I still be dehydrated? But remember, drinking water and keeping yourself hydrated the mere fact that you are breathing uses water, you know, for digestion, to maintain your blood volume. It, it's so important. Um, and I think also, you know, the, the trend, there's, there's been many dietary trends over the years. Um, we, in earlier years, they would say, you know, you need to have a balanced diet and have lots and lots of fruit juices. And then 
all of a sudden, or maybe not so all of a sudden, <laughs> it was said that, you know, don't have fruit juices because there's so much of sugar in there. And at the moment, what we're seeing as then now, I'm seeing that, that children and adults are actually just not having fruit juices at all. And so I'm, I'm thinking to myself that there needs to be some type of balance and it needs to be an individualized approach. So, you know, when we're looking at, at foods such as cucumbers, for instance, um, watermelons as well, these are the foods that that hydrate your cells on a cellular level so much quicker and easier than we have in water, you know. So so have it in moderation. And I, I remember if you I remember something that uh, one of my guests was actually saying one day. I interviewed her, and she was saying, you know, if you for one bottle of juice, as in like a five hundred ml bottle of juice, that we could easily finish in one go. You know, you could with one meal for your with your lunch or something how many oranges goes into one bottle of orange juice and i guess i said maybe five to seven you know and she said well it could go something up to 10 oranges in one bottle of of orange juice and i was like what wow. but we have been taking 10 oranges at in one go so i get that i, I totally get that but on the other hand, also, we should be having some of that. So maybe not have like the whole bottle, but we need to have it in lesser amounts. Um, and maybe not only orange juice, but maybe having something else in fruit or maybe getting your nutrients from vegetables or so on, um, from natural sources. Because our bodies tend to take on things from, from nature. So we are made naturally and natural foods are able to be metabolized easier to make natural cells. You know, if we're going to be eating chemical foods, chemically based foods, putting it into a natural body, what are we creating? We are creating chemical based cells. You mm. know? So um so yeah, so I, I just that the the hydration thing also. Um you know I, I developed this little um remedy sorry remedy academia. Um where if you have the flu, for instance, now remember we spoke about the temperaments, right. and you'll find that, that some people, and I, I'm not, I think with a program like this, I'm not even really going to go into depth into the temperaments yeah. because I don't think we, we do it justice. But I, but I think there are certain people when, when we get the flu, for instance, um, we become very thirsty, we might have headaches, we might have body aches, whereas others will not have that a typical dry flu, they would maybe be having becoming very chesty. So they might be having copious amounts of phlegm on their chest. Um, they might be congested, um, and the and the flu will show up in a different way. Now, what I noticed for that initial stages of the flu, particularly for the dry type of, of flu, what works so good is to expose yourself to a lot of heat. Right. Hmm. So you might be having a, a bit of a, of a fever. But keep yourself warm and then hydrate yourself with vitamin C in the form of either orange juice or guava juice because guavas, creates, guavas mm. uh, uh, contain so much of vitamin C as well. But it needs to be done within a specific period. So we're looking at maybe a, a liter if you're an adult, have about a liter to a liter and a half of orange juice or guava juice or high vitamin C basically over a time period of about an hour to an hour and a half. So you're looking at 60 minutes to 90 minutes. 
Now, this is what you do. You're going to be taking your tea glasses, right? Um, obviously, if you feel that you are drowning yourself in fluids, then do not continue, okay? <laughs> but I try to do it within. It's almost as if we are flushing out the system with yeah. this. Now, look at the difference between this versus taking sips of juice or sips of water. The body is able to overcome that sips easily versus when you are, I'm going to say flooding first and then flushing after, yeah. okay? So when you're getting just flooding or flushing the body, what happens is that the viral load in your, your the virus in your body, because flu is, is, the flu, influenza is a virus, yeah. you know? It makes it very difficult for them to, for the flu virus to, um, to actually survive. Yeah. Also increasing your, your body temperature you know, look at, listen to the hikmah in, in having a fever, for instance. The yeah. wisdom in having a fever, your body temperature rises so that it aids the body's ability to be getting, you remember when, 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 when you have heat in an area, there's vasodilation, and yeah. so they are your immune cells, and think of this little cells as, as, uh, as soldiers. Mm-hmm. You're able to get to the site quicker in order to attack where it needs to attack, but also the virus itself cannot then survive in that temperature. So body temperature is so important. And again, we go back to, to what we were saying earlier, that the body has been created to heal. It is self-protective. And so our role as patients, as individuals, as practitioners, as whatever else is to support that the body's ability to heal and in the way that it's, that it's been created to heal. Yeah, you're reminding me of uh, something I was reading with uh, the traditional book of healing. Um, yeah. And he he was talking about, um, Hakim Chisti was talking about... He's talking about creating yeah. healing crisis by when we yes. fast, like the third or fourth day, people they experience what's called like a healing crisis because of the body cooking out all the toxins. And so, yeah, this is what it sounds like to me is happening. Yeah. Hey, but but did you know that this is actually... This is actually one of the of the mechanisms in which uh, this is well. This is one of these one of the reasons why cupping therapy is so effective. Did you know that? Because during the during the time of um, the white days, so the on at the, the full moon, mm-hmm. um, the body surface. Okay, so let me just let me just go back once half a step quickly. You know the moon regulates the tides of the moon of the the tides of the waves basically right. the tides of the sea tides. <laughs> I'm saying mm-hmm. right. But it also regulates the body humors. And so in Yunani, we look at the body humors. It means that the fluid, the body fluids. So we're looking at phlegm or mucus, blood, which is the sanguinous humor, bowel, which is the bilious humor, and then black bowel, which is the melancholic humor. And so during the time of the full moon, our body humors are able to actually be, um, to be, it flows better, basically. Now, now think of when you, if you're going on to a detox diet, for instance, or you're eating like a lot of garlic or something, your skin will actually smell like garlic. So why is it? Because our skins are, yes, it's the biggest organ, and it's an organ of elimination, but it actually comes up to the surface. And once it reaches the surface, we are then able to eliminate 
um, the blood or the humor through the skin. Hmm. You know, and, and this is actually one of the ways in which cupping is used, whether it's dry cupping or, or wet cupping. So we're moving it out to the surface. You either sweat it out. So sit in the sauna or, as I mentioned earlier, keep heated. Keep yourself warm and you actually sweat out the virus. Um, or you could, um, in other conditions or so, we could actually then remove the humor through the dry or wet cupping. Yeah. So let's talk about cupping a little bit. I've seen that more and more outside of um, Islamic communities. You know, yeah. you, like traditionally, you know, that's been like a very Eastern thing, a very, you know, Islamic thing. But um, so now I'm seeing like just, where was I? I was like in Brooklyn and the photographer had these circles. He's like, yeah, I just went for cupping. I was like, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> okay. tell me, what's the, the benefit of that? Um, yeah, so look, with, with cupping, you have cupping therapy, and I, I prefer calling it cupping therapy because you get the sunnah cupping where um, people would do cupping solely for, for reviving sunnah, um, for health maintenance and so on, but it, it can actually be useful for conditions, you know, for hypertension, um, muscle aches, muscle spasms, and so on. And so in a, in a very shortened way to explain what it is and how it works, um, if you were to have a cup now in, in today today's day and age, we, we actually use the perspex cups or the glass cups. But in ancient times, um, they actually used horns or little clay cups. Okay. And and proof of this, if you go back into um, into the the scripts of of the um, the ancient Egyptians, you would actually see in the um, hieroglyphics and also in the the what is it the scribes or scrolls or so there was actually evidence of them um, using it back in the day then already oh, wow. you know so into the, so today it's it's made so much more easier because you use a, a suction a cup um, with the 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 cup rather with the suction gun um, and then also the glass cup using the the fire the flame so mm. the flame doesn't touch the person at all. You put it inside the cup, and at the moment the, the cup actually touches the body, it creates that suction, and it creates it. It actually it actually creates a localized form of inflammation, you know, okay. locally on the skin. And so what happens is that if you let's let's use an example thing to to, to explain this. So let's say um you hurt your let's say you hurt your arm, your 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 forearm, your lower arm, your forearm, right? And so what happens then, you might have strained the muscle or something. And in that area, you actually need um, healing properties. You need blood to be flowing into that area. So you'd actually put the, you'd actually apply the cup locally. Um, what that does is it creates a, a negative pressure um, over your arm. And it allows for better circulation to that area. In the time that that is happening, your nutrients and everything is basically flow, flow, um, being flowed to that area easier for that healing, so that healing can take place. Now, in the case, for instance, and I, I remember it was early, early February, I think, uh, yeah, February 2016, another radio station, not the one that I'm presenting on just now, another radio station actually came out to, to, um, to where I was practicing at the time, and she, um, they came, they experienced it, they did the experience everything as someone else would experience. And the next day, I was interviewed. And um, a few months later, they had Michael Phelps, the, the, the swimmer, 
Yeah, he was winning the Olympics and he had all of these loose marks on his body and stuff. And they could actually go back to the podcast that we were, we were speaking, you know. So um, if, we, if we think of, for instance, the muscle issues again, many runners, for instance, they would have um, a, a buildup of lactic acid in the muscle. And then simply by applying that cup, you can actually increase the circulation in that area, um, relieve muscle pains and so on and actually increasing your your performance overall mm. so there's many benefits to it um but again if, if you're using it therapeutically then you would use a, a protocol based on what the therapy is used for okay. you know so for instance a, a, a protocol for diabetes or polycystic ovarian syndrome would be really different to the one used for muscle strain you know so it's again it's an it's an individualized approach but one of those absolute gifts um, from the Sunna, from traditional medicine that we are able to bring into 2019 and use it effectively, alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah alhamdulillah. That, oh, okay. So it can, um, so he was using it specifically to have peak performance, but you can also use ah. it to repair your muscles and recover faster. Yeah. Yeah, as, as I said, for, for muscular issues, but then also, other than muscular issues, also for um, uh, also for, for conditions, so your chronic diseases, um, as I mentioned, for the for diabetes and so on. And the thing about cupping, actually, is Cordelia. Um, you know, when, when I was studying, hey, as I actually mentioned this to someone not long ago, when I was studying, I didn't have much of an appreciation for cupping. It was one of those regimental therapies that you learn and you do because you need to do it, you know. But when I started working um, the year after that, and we were to see so many people and so on, I, I then saw the benefit in, in it. Um, something that, that often also stands out for me is how the cupping not only works on a physical level, um, but it can also go into the emotional level. I mean, I've, I can tell you stories upon stories. Um, one particular case, for instance, where I was working with, uh, with a particular boy, and uh, this boy was, was actually, he was labeled as the class bully, mm. you know? And um, I did what I needed to do with him, and I suggested to his parents that, he do, that I do the, the cupping on him. And um, I did the cupping. I, when I put the cup on, I could actually, we could actually see the amount of heat that was coming from his system. Now, going back again into the teachings of Yunanita, where you work at, uh, on a temperamental uh, uh, level, we would notice that people who are more heated would naturally become angry quicker right. than those who are colder or those who are, are slower, you mm. know? So, so that heated emotions can actually be, is why the cupping is something that can be used um, in conjunction with the rest of your protocol for, um, for emotional issues as such. And I mean, this is, this is a little boy, about nine years old. There are so many adults who can benefit from um, these things as well. Yeah. Wow, that's really remarkable. So... I know like a lot of people may think, you know, oh, the humors, the four humors, nobody, you know, talks about that anymore. Because I guess for allopathic medicine, we kind of stopped right at the turn of the 20th century, uh, recognizing all those parts of the human being, right? 
and and even with the the treatment right now we use only one portion of the plant and we call it pharmaceuticals right so we're popping pills yeah. but to your point earlier about it's always best to use the whole food right so um yeah. if if we're using and healing with food as a medicine then we're getting the benefits of all the parts of it so um yeah yeah and, and also just to latch into what you were saying about using food as a medicine, you know, the safe thing about using food as a medicine is that it's a food. You know, <laughs> when, when something is a medicine, it needs to have a dosage. So you need to say you are taking so many grams of X, Y, and Z over a period of five days and you will use it three times a day. You know, so, so that would, there would be a dosage for that. And, and, if this is if you're having a reaction to it, you need to use something else to count. You know, this is that's for medicine. What makes up an, an actual medicine, um, as such? But um, uh, what was the point that you that you were mentioning about the food? Uh, what is it? When you use all the parts, you're using all the parts. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yes. So I mentioned dandelions earlier. Right, and so so in phytotherapy, which is something that I didn't study, phytotherapy is a is a it's a study of Western medicine, or Western herbal medicine, um, and how herbs itself can be used for for the body for various conditions in the body. We I do a lot of more philosophy with the herbs, with the foods, with the emotions, and it's a little bit more um, rounded or more comprehensive than than the herbs only. But something that I absolutely love about phytotherapy is that it teaches us how to use the herbs, and there's a term for it: how to use herbs synergistically. Synergistically, synergistically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because, but it's using the whole plant. So, for instance, if I can go back to dandelion, um, and the the dandelion, you we can use the whole plant. We can use from the roots. We can use the leaves. We can use the flowers. And the interesting thing, for instance, is if you look at the roots, the roots are more are better suited at detoxifying the liver, mm -hmm. whereas the leaves is better suited for the kidneys. And mm -hmm. how amazing is that? You yeah. know, subhanAllah. But if you if you use the whole plot together, you then just get that whole that overall um, condition. It's Asir time in, in Cape Town now. Oh. As I mentioned, I'm in the I'm in the, the mosque area. So that's the alarm going off at the moment. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that um, about dandelions. And we just don't realize, you know, the benefits, you know, that, that's the thing about using different parts and isolating it as opposed to using the whole thing. And also yeah. the gift that we get to hear the adhan for Asr. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Stay from Cape Town. <laughs> I love so that. Beautiful. Well, we'll be right back with the last part here um, shortly where we learn more about what you're up to. Inshallah. And we're back. And thank you so much for, um, this has really been a great conversation. Lots of information. I've been taking notes about um, some things we should be eating and some treatments that we can do. Um, to help ourselves. And also, thank you for sharing your journey with us. Now, 
even if we don't live in South Africa, I think there's a way that we can still work with you. So can you tell us more about that? Yes, inshallah. So, so over the past few years, and as I've mentioned, that I've always been liking to learn. I've loved learning new things, but then also sharing things. And um, I've decided finally to take up an idea that one of my trainers suggested to me two years ago, November, two years ago, actually. Um, and so finally, Alhamdulillah, I've taken up the challenge and I've decided to be teaching online. Um, I've had, at the time, and I'm saying at the time, that time, two years ago, I had something like 13 workshops, as in material for 13 workshops. And I've decided to, what to do with that is to actually put it into modules or to, to actually do it as, as online courses. Because I realized that the challenges that we have in Cape Town in South Africa, it might be seasonal, but it also affects others the world over, yes. you know? And so this knowledge that we, that we get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is really, it's, it's a gift, but we cannot hold on to it. We need to let go of it. We need to give it. We need to share it. We need to allow others to gain benefit from it. And so that's where I'm at. Inshallah, we'll be, I'll be having some um, online courses, online workshops, and so on. And I think that at this point, if we can, if uh, uh, viewers could maybe just add me on Facebook for now, um, I will share details of a website and all of that with you, and we could maybe post it at a, at a later time, inshallah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so inshallah, um, follow uh, Feriel on Facebook, um, and I'll put the, the exact link, but it's Feriel de Jong, and, um, yeah. and we'll get the, the, absolute, the, the actual link for your, your online course and everything. And Yeah. Yeah. You know, Kadeem, something that I think that I want to maybe mention is because in the past or for our discussion now, we've been, I've been speaking um, quite a bit about um, dealing, well, I've been talking in the context of dealing with family members, dealing with ourselves, dealing with children, dealing with um, patients if you are seeing, if you're a practitioner or so. But my key focus now is really on nurturing the nurturer. And so just recently, Alhamdulillah, I've, I've actually launched a workshop called Nurturing the Nurturer um, and working around, looking at it around we, how we are able to nourish and nurture ourselves better in order to serve those who we care about better. So the work is around for practitioners, for mothers, for carers, um, for patients themselves. So, yeah, it's... I'm. I'm excited. It's a, it's a bit emotional because um, I think you can understand also that as much as there's so much of excitement that goes about, about it, is, it's also, it's, it's things that is, um, it's not up in the air thing, so to say. You know, it's, it's deep-rooted. It's things that we need to, to make a difference. Um, it's, it's, it's information and knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. As I said, it needs to be given over, but it also needs to be given over in a way that people are able to, to deal with it, to, to um, accept it and to make it useful in their lives and those who they are, are dealing with, inshallah, you know? Absolutely. And this, this is like perfect that you're on the Replenish Me show because um, this, we're all about, um, nurturing ourselves so for for you to have an actual um course available to for um to nurture nurturers is just 
Perfect. So thank you for yeah. sharing that with us. I'm, and thank you for sharing that with the world, really, because it's, it's so overdue. And, and I was having a conversation yesterday with someone saying, well, there is not a culture that I've come across in the world where it's socially acceptable for women to take their cape off, you know? Okay. And <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we just like, it doesn't really matter. You could be polka dot, stripe, whatever you are. But in, in all cultures, cultures that I've come across, the nurturer is the woman and the woman must wear that cape. But for, yeah. that, for that same woman or nurturer to want to nurture themselves, it's not socially acceptable. So yeah, thank you for offering that. We really need it. Inshallah. And so I'll definitely be in touch with you on yeah. that. And I must tell you also how good that it's been. An absolute pleasure to have been on your show. Um, and I, I think sometimes, you know, when we just have these, these casual conversations, we don't realize how much of, or that at least that there is benefit for someone else listening in. Yeah. But again, maybe as a reminder to myself again and, and to our viewers today, also is that sometimes when at least not sometimes, everything again, going back to the first point that I, that I said when we just started this, nothing goes unplanned, maybe we unplanned it, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has planned it. And so sometimes I might forget, to, you might, we might forget to say something, and we say something else in its place, we said it because someone else needed to hear that. Yes. You know, someone else needed to hear what we didn't plan on saying. So if there's anyone who gained benefit from that, Inshallah, may Allah accept it um, from us. And, and pardon us also if there was things that we could have done better for this time. Thank you. So just any closing remarks or wisdom do you want to share to, to close the show? Closing remarks. There's so many good ideas. I think I would, I would like to round up with the fact, as I said, that we are our bodies and not only our physical bodies, that we as whole beings on a physical level, on a spiritual level, mental level, on emotional level. That we are whole beings, that we are self-protective. We are, it just requires us to and also to remind ourselves of the power of our thoughts and the power of the way that we believe us to be and that we believe our creator to be and that we believe things to be unfolding because our perceptions ultimately plays a huge role in our reality whether it's in our um, in our health or in our lives unfolding all of this these things are important to not only our survival but to our thriving as as human beings on this earth Thank you for sharing that. And uh, thank you for tuning in to our listeners and viewers. Um, if you've benefited from this conversation, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening on the Life Coach chat channel, sharing is caring. So please share this with someone else and have a good evening. Thank you for listening to The Replenish Me Show. Remember, sharing is caring, so 
share this with a friend. I'm sure that you've benefited and you've learned something new. Now it's time to implement and be the beacon of light that you're called to be in this world. With replenishing thoughts, until next week. Good night.